All right. If you can hear us on the show, if you're watching the show and you we have audio, let us know. Is it lighting up? Okay. Can you hear us now? Can you hear us? Can yeah, okay. Up. Make sure we got it. Can you hear us? You can hear us. Okay. Okay. All right. Let's do it again. Let's. Yes. Yep. Sorry about that, everybody. Um, we're going to start the show over. We, uh, Our technical guy, we have a new guy in training here. He just, um, it's, you know, first time on his own, so we're getting things figured out. Okay, let's start this all over. Um, thank you all, everybody, for joining us. We're live here at Windsor Pizza Parlor. Welcome to the Racing at Rockford show. Our guest tonight is the one, the only race director, Steve Vittori. Steve, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks for asking. Glad to be here. Yep, just got ahead a little bit of technical difficulties, and we're good to go. Everybody's saying you can hear us now. Thank you, everybody, for letting us know. Like that deja you vu. Can. And if you have a question for Steve Vittori, please comment it below. I do have a lot of them. I might even have your question. But if you have a question for Steve or you want to know something, I mean, just comment below. If it's a nice question, I'll, I might ask him. <laughs> I might answer. <laughs> All right. So – a special thank you to OGMC for our theme music. Have you ever watched Old Gray Music Company before? It's Dan Tritton's band. Never. Oh, they're like 70s, 80s, and like 90s rock. They'll play like Bob Seger's old-time rock and roll, and then they'll play like ACDC. It's my I kind mean, of thing. Yeah, really, really good stuff. Definitely a great time. Um, wait, once again, if you want to be a guest on the show, ways to connect with us, uh, send us an email at racingatrockford at gmail.com. We're filled up for the racing season, but we are looking for the fall and winter. If you'd like to be a guest, just email us on there. Um, we're going to take our first sponsor break. Let's try this sponsor break again, uh, Steve. Have you ever been to Jane's Cafe before? Yes, I have. And what have you been there just like once? Or no, I've been there a few times. I mean, she never, she never opens there enough when I go to work. But if I get a late start, then I'll stop in for breakfast. Oh, that's good. Um, I know every time I've went, um, Wicked Wanda Dobbs always takes care of us. She has a, a joke of the day. Have you heard Wanda's joke of the day before? No, because I'm usually there right after they open, so they got her in the back. <laughs> okay, I got gotcha. you. <laughs> yeah, she makes, I think, a, a pie of the day. She makes a lot of good pies and pretty good stuff. <laughs> Um, but anyways, Jane's Cafe loaded, lo located behind Cornelia Fireworks in Beloit, Wisconsin. That's the easiest way to get there. Um, they have their daily breakfast specials. I think they're six seventy five uh, Monday through Friday. They're five seventy five or six seventy five. Also, a welcome our sponsor Magnuson Landscaping for all of your lawn lawn needs. Anything that falls under the landscaping category, you can call Russ at eight one five three one five seventy eight nineteen. They're also on Facebook at Magnuson Landscaping. Now's a great time to get that grassy down, get your yard fertilized. I actually just did mine last week. So there we go. He doesn't come out to my house. Um, he will only go from Rockford to Beloit. So if you're in that area, go there. 
Um, also, a very special thanks to our sponsor, Jimmy A. Uh, Jimmy A will always be our sponsor here for now and forever. Thank you, Jimmy. And I know you're watching over us here. Um, we just didn't get those technical difficulties fixed in time, so <laughs> it's okay. Welcome to the computer age. you right. And then our last and final sponsor right here tonight at Windsor Pizza Parlor, the official pizza of the Rockford Speedway and racing at Rockford. And they've got some exciting news. I can't release it yet, but um, I'm definitely excited about this up-and-coming race season as I know it's going to be coming. So it's going to be good. Um, if you have never had their Italian beef. You, great. I eat it all the time. It's, it, I it, is, it, it. Yep. it is the best in northern Illinois. It is. Yes. Um, I like mine with cheddar. How about you? But it, oh. I like them both ways. Yeah. <laughs> All right. But they got great pizzas, too. All right. Poll question of the show, everybody. So chime in on this one here. What years did Steve Vittori, the guy sitting right next to me, what years did he flag at the Rockford Speedway? If you know the answer of what years Steve Vittori flagged at the Rockford Speedway, type it in below under comments. Let us know what you think. So Greg Magnuson says 1999 through 2009. That's one answer. We'll, we'll find out at the end of the show, I think. Moving on to our general track news, we do have some. The season schedules are out. As you all know, they came out um, like a week and a half ago. Registration went really well last Saturday. We had a ton of drivers show up. As it looks as if every division will have more cars than last year. Lots of new drivers, especially in the HSRA series. Steve, how does that make you feel that all of our divisions, we've got people, a lot of people moving up into new divisions? I think it's going to be great. I'm sorry I missed last Saturday, but I had a prior commitment. And But as far as and, uh, I heard, there was a lot of car count, a lot of people there, which is great. Get our car counts up. And I'd love to see these high school kids just – Get their start and oh, yeah. move on to better things and work their way up. It's yeah, a I great mean, class. We had actually, I know, at least one HSRA driver, Tyler Vincitich. He's moving to Roadrunners, so that's that's really good. That's, that's, one that's what's great about the class. You can move yourself up into the next place you want to go. It's that's it's, I love it. I love whoever thought this up years or last year. It was a great, great, great thing. Definitely. All right. Um. Tickets for the 44th annual Spring Classic are on sale now. You can find them by going to Facebook and then going on the Rockford Speedway page and finding the link for the Spring Classic and clicking on it. Uh, open practice and tire sales is set for Saturday, April 10th. Tire sales being from 10 a.m. to noon, practice being from noon until 3 p.m. After that, Friday, April 16th is the Spring Classic practice starting from 5.30 to 8 p.m. Our first race of the year coming up is going to be the 44th Spring Classic set for Saturday, April 17th with a rain date set for Sunday, April 18th. Now, I like that because how many times has Mother Nature, Steve, ruined our show for Spring Classic? A lot, and it was beautiful the next day. So yeah. <laughs> Go figure, let's, let's right? Let's go for it and get it done. Yes. So I like we have a rain day being, you know, race day Saturday, rain day Sunday. But we're, yeah, we've had snow too, haven't we? Yes, we have. In the middle, in the start of a feature, snowed in April, so yeah. it can happen. And our spring classic's going to feature the big eight late models are going to run, I believe it's 88 laps. I believe it's 88, yep. And they'll have, I think, qualifying races as well, heat races. Um, And then the Mid-American Stock Car Series will also be on the card, and I think they run, what is it, 50 laps? 50 laps for the mids, yep. All right, very good. Um, Open practice and tire sales is set for Saturday, April 24th. After that, uh, 
Tire sales being from 10 a.m. to noon and practice being from noon to 3 p.m. Uh, then Saturday, May 1st, is our WXRX Ironman four-cylinder enduro. It's 250 laps. Pits open at 9 a.m. Gates open at 11 a.m. Racing starts at 1 p.m. Saturday, May 1st, is also... Uh, at 11 a.m., we're going to have an outdoor sh mall show at the Forest Hills Lodge parking lot. That'll go from 11 to 2. So in addition to racing, if you're a late model driver, if you're a sportsman driver, if you're a roadrunner driver, if you're an HSRA driver, any division that you race at the Rockford Speedway, you can come down for that outdoor mall show. It's at the Forest Hills Lodge. Steve, I've never been to it before. What do they all do with that? Uh, well, it used to be in the mall years ago, and we'd put the cars in the mall a week early, and then people would walk through the mall. Check out the cars, race cars, look at them. Drivers would be there, answer questions. Well, now, since we don't have a mall to go to, it's going to be in the Lodge parking lot, which is much bigger. Get all the cars there with the drivers. You can go take pictures with the drivers, meet the drivers. Just like you would do in the pits afterwards, except it's before the race. Be racing and be in daylight, and hopefully, I hope it's a great and, day. And usually the cars look the best they're ever going to look the whole season, right? Sure. <laughs> but they do look good that, that day for sure. Yes. <laughs> so that's going on once again Saturday, May 1st, the day of the Ironman Enduro. So you can come down and do that too. Um, Thursday, May 6th will be our first um, for right before the season starts. Test and tune from 5 p.m. until dark. It's only $25 per car, which that's pretty good. Yeah, everybody gets in, just got to pay the car. And it's definitely practice makes perfect. Um, then Saturday, May 8th, is the 74th season opener featuring the Stanley Steamer Late Models, Bargain Hunter Sportsmen, Motorland American Short Trackers, Roadrunners, and Bandits. That's it for general track news. Moving on to the Big 8 Late Model Series news. Just to have just a little bit here, as we just talked about, the first event of the year will be, once again, April 17th at Rockford. After that, the second event will be on Sunday, April 25th, at Slinger Speedway in Slinger, Wisconsin. Your Slinger entries for the Slinger 88, the blank is available on the Big8LateModels.com website. Once again, if you're looking for that entry for also for the Spring Classic, it's also on Big8LateModels.com. Check that out. And that's all I have for general track news. So let's see what people put as if they knew the uh, answer, Steve. Let's see if they know how many years you've been flagging at the Rockford Speedway. Let's see Let's see what we got here. I have to do, oh, where did it go? And I did. You got to remember, we got an announcer doing this. Yes. <laughs> With big fingers. Yeah, right. Yeah, I got a, I got a bandaid on my. <laughs> oh, yeah. Here we go. I got a bandaid. There we go, right there. Okay. Yes, always. Why can't I see any comments whatsoever? Always technical difficulties, always. Comments. Huh? I did. I just did. Lovely. I can't. There, okay, there they are. I just can't. They just came up. Oh, my God. I just hey, you, are, you are not allowed to come do the lineups. Get right. <laughs> I won't. Okay. I just, I just had them. Where are they at? Well, I don't seem to have any comments. I did. There's only two right now? Okay. Okay, well, let me load this thing up one more time. And hopefully we have it. Sorry, guys. Um, wouldn't be a great show without technical difficulties, that's for sure. 
So Jeff, Jeff, Stringer. Jeff Stringer is really funny. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Okay, now the comments are up. There we go. Jeff Savage. Uh, so here's what we got so far, okay? Um, yeah, David Pausch says 1998 to 1999. One year. Greg Magnuson, 1999 to 2009. This is for our poll question of the show. Uh, let's see. Mark Conning says, HSRA, I'm glad to see them getting their feet wet and enjoy. Mark Conning, you've had a big part of that. Thank you very much. That guy's just awesome what he's done yes, for us. It's very good for what he's done. Um, Adam Delubak is asking, how are starting lineups determined for features, Steve? So there's your first question of the day from the audience. How are starting lineups determined for features? Uh, usually it's qualifying, and then they do the rolls. So it's eight plus the rolls. So if the rolls six, the, so eight and six, the and, top 14 will be inverted. And so people understand the roll is different every time because it depends on the car count, Correct. Uh, what they invert, like sometimes they only invert four so, or or more, correct? Yeah, that depends. Yeah, because if you if you do the roll plus eight and you only got twelve cars, <laughs> it's always going to be a total invert. But there always is an invert. We will never um, the pull, the fastest guy will never start on the front. Okay. Yes. And that's for competition rules. Right. Otherwise, you the guy's just going to run away with it because he's got Too the much, fastest. There's a time. good chance today. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Okay. I have more here. Um, let's see. Uh, Brett McCoy says, hey, I just saw that guy. He must he be did. talking about you. He must be. <laughs> okay. Belinda is asking, why can't we have more figure eight racing towards the end of the year? Also, why can't we wet the track as well as put big cans that are filled with water on the track for them to hit? And put more water on the track. And figure eights, um, uh, that I don't I think don't the guys know. want to wreck their cars. Is that yeah. isn't that kind of the For point to win? Eight, that's not really a thing to go. <laughs> you want to talk to somebody about that? Would be David Derry. He loves water and barrels. So yeah, Eric, come, come out for what not to hit on what not to hit with your car. Yes, night of thrills night, and we are going to have that things you shouldn't hit with, hit a, with car a car contest. That's it. Belinda, make sure you're at night of thrills. That'll that'll take care of that that need that you want to see for that. So Jeff Savage says, Flagman, I'm sorry, I'm, I guess I'm going to have to read it, though. 1951 to 1955. All I can say is, Jeff Savage, that makes you an old man, too. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go, Jeff, right back at you. Bang, bang. All right. David Lignell says, 1997 to 2001. Is he correct? I know he's not correct because you were flagging when I raced. <laughs> Uh, David Russell Jr. says 96 to 2007. Nope. Uh, Mark Conning says, Steve, thanks for all you do. Very much appreciated. Thank you. Uh, let's see. Okay, that's all I have for comments right now. So, Steve, before I get in the interview, because that poll <coughs> question is part of the interview, um, you can answer it then. How's that sound? All right. So, Steve, to your interview, I hear you've been around the Rockford Speedway for quite some time now. And have a few different and have had a few different positions. Tell us about how many years you've been at the Rockford Speedway and what you have all done. This is my actual twenty eighth full year, but it'll be my twenty ninth short track. That's a long time. I started in short track of ninety two. What okay, what did you start doing in short track? What were you doing? I was got a phone call from my older brother and they said he needs some help in the tire room. Well, 
28 years later, guess where I'm at? Here's where I'm at. <laughs> I'd After say, 12 years of being in the tire room. I'd say you like it just a little. <laughs> eh, I had to do something. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what else? What have you all done? So you've done tire room. What oh, else? Oh, tire tech. Um, I've worked concessions. I've drove the pace car. Worked on a track. Hang, hang on, because I had a tire room question for you. Jeff Tabor's asking you, how long were you in the tire room for? 12 years. Okay. Go ahead. So you, you did concessions. Is that job fun? I made it fun. Any job's fun. <laughs> All right. Um, you did the pace car, too. I've driven it, yes. Yeah, I had to jump in it a few times. Has anybody ever ran into the back of you when you were in the pace car? Never. I know there's a couple of drive outs there, Tom Guiley, that <laughs> likes to do that. Likes to get as close as he can, but, hey, you set the pace, and that's the way it is. Yeah, speed up. He's the one has got to back off. All right. Um, what else have you done? So you've done tire, concessions, flat, uh, tire, concessions, pace car. Teched. Um, I'm still a tech. Uh, been out on, I've been worked on the inside crew for the track, cleaning up, done all that. Let's put it this way. I've been in every position on that track, except for up in Jody's office at the end of the night. So you, so when you say the cleanup, let's talk about night of I thrills mean, or trailer race. up after trailer races. I've done that too. Steve, talk about what is involved with cleanup after a trailer race. I know it's not on here, but I want to know. I mean, I've well, told back, it takes a while. Back in the day. We had to get it cleaned up because there's usually something going on on Sunday. So a bunch of us would get together. We'd get some machines in there, push it all into the center, make piles, put it in the dumpsters. You know, it's pretty much that. But on the average, we would watch the sun come up and go over across the street and have breakfast about 7 in the morning. And you were there at what time? <laughs> what time did you start uh, those at? Those days I'd get there at about 2 in the afternoon. No, actually, I'd get there when the pit's open, so... Yeah, a lot of coffee or energy drinks. No, well, they didn't have them. No, that's there. right. <laughs> they had coffee back. Okay, a couple more things here. Uh, Dave Eggert says, best tire room guy there was. Thank you. David Nolly's guessing 2004 to 2010. Close. For Flagman. All right. Um, and you've also done Flagman. So David, David Nolly should not be allowed to do that because he's only won, what, three or four times now? <laughs> Yeah, and he's kind of here, I think, too, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> right. Sorry, guys. David Nolly's over here saying, black flag, black flag. Okay. Um, so now you guys can quit chiming in because we're going to get the answer from him. You were the flag man, as you had mentioned. How long have you been flagging, and what tracks have you all been a flag man at? I have flagged for six years, and I have flagged at Rockford. What, what years? Do you, do you remember what Okay, six doing, years is the answer, folks. We're not doing that yet. Okay, oh, okay. all right, all right. Here, go ahead. I thought I was going to get it out of him. Sorry. Keep going, though. Um, so what track? Slinger? I was Slinger for three years. That is a track that you, besides Flagman, you also race track, so that's a tough one to do. I have flagged at all the tracks that uh, Big Eight's been at, Wausau, uh, WIR, Madison, mm-hmm. all over. Um, I would I would tell anybody, and maybe you'd say the same. Everybody should at least one time in their life go up to Slinger Speedway and experience like the Slinger Nationals. You need to experience, even if you didn't go to the Nationals, just go up and watch a race on a Sunday. It's that like, is a fast quarter mile, and very like, fast. Even the straightaways, you if you stand along the track, it's like looking straight it's down. It's a Daytona looking track, but only a quarter mile. Yeah, very fast, definitely. All right. 
So the answer is... It's 2004 to 2011. So there you go, everybody. Steve Vittori was flagman from 2004 to 2011. All right. The easiest way to figure that out would have been after 12 years. That's when I started flagging. <laughs> okay. Um, a flagman is definitely a big part of the show, and Tom Powell is a legend at the Rockford Speedway. One thing I remember is how charismatic Tom Powell was, especially if he had to come out of the flag stand to have a little chat with the driver. Um, you and I talked about this earlier in the week, and you had mentioned something that drivers and fans know you well for as a flagman. Please tell us what that is. Well, when I first started, I I watched Tom Powell a lot. Um, always wanted to get up there and be the flag man, but I knew as long as he was there, you know, I didn't have a chance. But finally, got my chance, and um, basically, you got to kind of put on a little show for the fans. But when everybody knows, excuse me, when I'm going to start a race, yeah, drink, drink. <laughs> I'll drink something here too. <laughs> when I'm going to start a race, I kind of get in a racer stance where I'm in the in the stand and I actually kind of lean over the outside of it a little bit and it just kind of look like I'm getting ready to start a race and or a running race. And people know that I hear on the radio that, Oh, he's not going to go. He's not going to go. Yeah, he is. So like the picture that we put on of you this week, <laughs> that's kind of close to that stance. Would you say when you're on the one to go sign? Well, that's kind of the stance looks like, but without the one to go finger on <laughs> okay. the one to go fingers on the light switch, ready to go green. All right. I'm going to refresh this real quick to make sure we didn't miss anything. Um, also, you were, a, you were the flag man when I was racing Legends in 2008 and 2009. One thing I'll always remember is in qualifying, I must, admit, I must have missed what was said during the driver's meeting, as I guess we were, the, we were only supposed to qualify one lap. Instead, I decided I'd qualify for two laps. And I remember looking up at you in my second time coming around, and you were looking at me pointing to your head kind of like this. <laughs> Just kind of like this. And can you tell us about some of the interesting things you've had to deal with as a flag man? Uh, I have to deal with a lot of that, and not listening at the driver's meeting, or you just don't watch the flag man when you're going by and you see this white flag. It means one lap. That means the next one's checkered. And if you get the green for a one lap and the next one's checkered, you should be stopping, but... Some people like you just got to get that extra lap in. You know, you want the cool down lap. Um, I've seen a lot of, I mean, I've seen a lot of wrecks right in front of me. I mean, it hit underneath me and shook the flag stand. I remember the, one of the first times when I flagged, it was probably the first time that I actually got out there by myself and flagged. And I heard this ping, ping, ping coming at me. And I caught a 10 millimeter wrench upside the head. And, uh, Who, who's, can you say whose car came I off? I have no of? idea because they were coming for the first lap on the start of the race. So all the cars were coming. And to this day, I still have that 10-meter wrench. Oh, my. It was a I, craftsman. It's a craftsman. <laughs> <laughs> but they, you'll, you'll see a lot of things that fly at you. I mean, you just got to be ready for it. And it's, it's a, the most one of the best jobs I've ever had. I'm just trying to turn on the uh, notifications here so I can see. See, here we go. Are, yeah, Technical difficulties with an announcer. That's, yeah, why he's I, not I know, allowed, right? that's why he's not allowed a computer at the races. Well, you remember, I mean, last year how great it was when I um, had a problem with the mic. I mean, that was ridiculous. <laughs> so, yeah, that's all I'll say. I just, like, I had it, and then it's gone. So, all right. Maybe we can pull it up now. Okay, I'm, I'm sorry about that, everybody. Once again, just having a few problems. 
I don't know. I'll look at it later. All right. So anyways, back to the interview. Steve, doing some of the jobs that, that you have had at the Rockford Speedway has allowed you to witness or be part of the action that took place. Please talk about some of the things that you will never forget at the Rockford Speedway. Oh, well, some of the bad things. I mean, uh, I've seen quite a few wrecks that I would not really not like to see again. Um, they were horrific, but, you know, I mean, it's racing. Stuff happens. Um, I guess that's the worst of things that would happen. I love seeing fans and the way they, you know, they act when they see good racing going on, the excitement in them. I mean, being on the flag stand, you can actually hear a lot of things going on. Even though you got a headset on, you still got time to hear in the back. I mean, the good and the bad things. I've been screamed at before, too, for throwing the wrong flag or doing something, but you never, it's never the wrong flag. It, they don't think it should come out. But uh, just a lot of different things. I can't really specifically say what the best thing was because I just like racing and I like it all. Like watching it all, I just don't like to see the bad stuff. It's it's hard when you're a fan and you want to watch it, but you got to do your job. I think that's a real challenge that, for all of us. That is tough because on the flag stand, you're you're trying to look to the left. You try not to ever put your back to the cars coming at you because you don't know what's coming. But sometimes you get into the race too, and you're watching, and you just and then you got to make a comment up to the tower to say, "Hey, watch this car or do whatever." But for the most part, you really get to see three and four. In the back stretch. Because, like I said, you don't want to turn your head to the cars. No. <laughs> um, yeah, there's just so much going on. Um, I know, like, one of my favorite things that I see out there at the racetrack is when somebody's never won a feature before. I mean, I, I never won a feature, so I don't know what it feels like. But I did win one race, and that was I, – I, there's no other feeling like it in the world, especially when you have the passion and the determination that you want to do this no matter what. And, and just like, like when we've seen these people when, – when Max Kaler won the National Short Track Championship 200, and, I mean, he had to really work his way to get there. I mean, he was so excited. I just – I love being there in the moment with him, you know, to see that. I love seeing that, too. I love seeing all the new drivers, especially on their first – whether it's a heat race or anything, it's just fun watching them get out of their car and, and – they're all excited. They get a little flabbergasted sometimes when you interview them because they're so excited for winning a race. And uh, but when yeah, Max Kaler, that was pre that was a good job last year. He did it, and uh, that was really good. I like that. I like what's going on with him now too. Okay, I have great news. I found the comments. <laughs> I have them now. <laughs> all right. So more comments here. Um, Mark Conning had just asked, have you been ever been hit by crash debris before, Steve? Yes, I've been hit by a lot. But nothing that made me have to do anything, go to the hospital, cut, whatever. But, yeah, I've been hit by a few things. Most of it really is tire rubber. What's the worst thing you've been hit by? Was a wrench, you said? Uh, no, I say the tire rubber. Get to be a clumps when they get all the Hoosiers on there, 24. Yeah. But, you know, the Supers and the lay models, yeah, that stuff will that'll throw a lot at you. Um, Mark Conning also says, Steve, you need to black flag me for my technical difficulties in holding up the show. <laughs> um, Warren Thiering checking in saying, if it's zero degrees out today and twice as cold tomorrow, what's the temperature? Zero. What was he, why was he even asking that? I didn't know why I even read that. That was silly. Okay, we're playing math class with Warren Thiering. All right. Anyways. 
So now moving to your current spot of race director. When did you become the race director and why did you want to do it? I've always, uh, every, what any job you do, you always want to climb the ladder and get up there. Well, I figured I was asked to be the race director three years ago and it asked me if I wanted to do it. And I said, sure. I mean, I'm climbing the ladder. I'm moving up and it's a top spot you can be without being into the family. Yeah. You know, but, and so with me doing that, I mean, me and David and Susie talk a lot about things going on mm-hmm. and I talk with the tech staff and all that. And, but when it comes to the racing, that's ultimately me. Uh, I, with the help of my people in the pits where they can put their eyes on the track too. Who, who was the race director before you? I, I can't remember. Uh, Scott Lauer. Okay. How long did he do it for? Three, four, three, four years, something like that. I don't okay. remember. Uh, Jeff Tabor says that's when the photographer should stay out of the way and shoot photos for the winners. I don't know what he's talking about, but okay. That's what Tabor said. Um, Greg Magnuson is saying, if you ever raced at the Speedway, Steve, what division, which division would you want to race and why? I have never raced at the Speedway. I've never raced, period. I just haven't had the desire to get in the car and do that. But I've loved racing. And if I had to, man, I'd have to say anywhere between a sportsman or a late model. I would love to drive a sportsman someday. That's sportsman sure. late model, that'd be it. But I'd also like to go and do an enduro too. Um, Mark is saying you, you really should come race Sixers with them. Mark Conning saying that to you. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> We'll see how that goes. <laughs> okay. Might be a little conflict of interest when you're uh, doing your job from a car. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, I, well, you could tell somebody to black flag them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You'd have it in your favor. Um, so, okay, a lot of responsibilities, Steve, come with the position of race director. Talk about the responsibilities that, that you have. I mean, there's a lot going on that you have, you're in charge of. Please tell everybody what you do. Well, wow, you guys are all out practicing, and and I'm watching down there, trying to make sure everybody's stuff works, their transponders, everything's working. I'm also up here thinking, you know, what we can do to change to make things work better, um, getting ready, making driver's notes for the driver's meeting that some people don't show up to or listen. <clears throat> One guy next to me. Um <laughs> You mean that guy, right? (laughs) But that's that's one of the things I don't like is people that don't listen at the driver's meeting. Um, I mean, we do it. We don't have – it's not a lot. It's it's informative, but not real informative. But for the most part, lineups, um, qualifying. uh, We're going to try to implement some things this year on qualifying. If you're not in line when you're called to qualify Mm -hmm. in order, then I guess you're only going to want one lap. You know, it's certain things like that. We got to get back into where we were to where the respect is back to the people that need the respect. And and to try to keep it in a timely matter, beca- right. a manner because, because that's when we're, I mean, we only have 12 late models, but we're behind schedule because they're not through the tech line yet or they're not even in line yet. It's, mm-hmm. Now it's up to us. And last year, you know, that was kind of gimme. I mean, it was we didn't know what we were going to have, what's going on. Because of the COVID and the the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. Now, this year, I mean, we're starting out full, so now we need to start out right off the bat. And we need to stay strong on the the teching, stay strong on getting everybody qualifying in order the way they're supposed to. Otherwise, it's kind of a waste of us for picking order. So that's what the number's for. And we need to get that going. Um, Was it? I don't know if you said the question or that, but one of the things coming up (laughs) about 
um, <laughs> when when we go try to go to one to go or do something like that, and yeah. we got to wait the wave lap. Oh yeah, That's no, right. we'll get into that one later. Okay. But but I have breaking news. Breaking news from Windsor Pizza Parlor. If you've been following the Windsor Pizza Parlor page, there is still a $100 egg out here to find. I don't know where. I, I just have a breaking news. There is a $100 egg. We should take a break and go look for it ourselves. I was going to ask, is there, is, do, we, do, we yeah. have, do we have a commercial here? You're right, you're right, Yes. The hint is on the Facebook page. So if you're watching and you want a $100 gift card, the hint is on the Facebook page. So we have people looking already. Thank yeah, I'm going to look too. Yeah, so we're going to look. Anyways, um, <laughs> back to our interview. So I have, I have a couple more questions here. Um, one I don't know if I want to ask, but whatever. Um, the other one, Jeff Tabor said, I meant for the excitement of the winners you were talking about. So with the photography question. So I, yes, I, Jeff, I, man, I love being down there. And as a photographer, he was saying that he loves loves just being being there there and seeing the smile on their faces. Great point, Jeff Tabor. Um, You and Kyle Adams with Misfit Productions, they do. I like, I love how they're taking video of the race and they're on the track. I mean, that view I love watching the replays of it because of that. Well, I'd like to see if we can do something with these two years ago and, you know, get that same CD and play it somewhere. But that's something to work in progress. I okay. Mean, that used to be a good time at somewhere, you know, to That'd go do pretty, that. That'd be pretty cool if Windsor Pizza could do something well, we'll like just that here. Yeah. See what's going on. Okay. Um but it would be. Uh, David Pausch is asking, why does it take so long to throw a caution in a race? I think, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say something to you about. I'm gonna say something to this question because I'm pretty sure David Pausch is talking about the Bahama Brackets event that we had, and I know the reason for it because during that race it was caution after caution after caution. We could not get the race going, and we're like. He looks like he's going to get going. It's a hard decision to make because you want to keep the show going. And if I re- I think that was on a Saturday. And if it was, that's the longest day of the year yeah. that we're at the racetrack. But talk, you know, maybe maybe talk about that a little bit, Steve. Well, it's not just it's not just not the Bahamas. It's every week. I mean, people some of them spin out themselves and they get on and they expect us to throw a caution right away. But you know, when we're racing and we got a good race going on, fans don't want to see that. You need to either need to pull in the extra, get back on the track low, and come back out. But if it's if I see it's danger, if your driver's door is out somewhere, your car is way too close to the track, if you're not towards the X, well, then, yeah, I'll make it a safe seal. But I'm not going to do it right there at that time you did it unless it's unsafe immediately. Sure. <clears throat> because some people do do that just cause cautions. Maybe they're helping another driver out. And I, as a fan, have seen that more than enough times. At and the so have I over right. the years because you, they may not be with that driver. You never see him, but the driver might be three or four cars behind and there's no chance of catching up. Have somebody spin out, cause a caution. Everybody's back to the front. Um, if, if there is any, is there a division that you don't like at the Speedway or that used to race there and isn't there anymore? Was there a division you didn't like? Like, the Slammers weren't there that long. Remember the Jammin' Slammers? They started them at dead stop. Um, mm. The Fira Mini Indies or the, you know, the Double Deckers. I mean, was there a division out there you never liked? Not one I never liked. There's some I'd like to see come back, like the Double Decker. I love them races. <laughs> I like I the thought, figure eight train race. I thought those were hilarious. <laughs> 
God, just and I, that would have been a car I'd like to drive too. But I wanted to be up top. I wanted to steer that. <laughs> that was that was a good race. As far as no, I've liked all the I like all the divisions and I've liked them all. I wish we didn't have to lose most of them, but but when we lose one, it, we hope to gain one back on something else, like the Slammers. But now we got Sixers, so beginning class. Somebody commented on here about where the egg is, but. Uh, I'm not going to say it. So if you if you're reading the comments, you might know where that $100 egg is that we're well, looking you might for. Want, you might want to come down here and find that $100 egg. Right, and get some food <laughs> while you're down here. It hasn't been found. If you're in the area, come on down and look for the $100 egg. Got $100. All right. So now the phone's ringing. Maybe they're going to call for the egg. I don't know. Um, Steve. There we go. I'm at number eight. Drivers drivers meetings are are very important, and you are at every one of them. And you do some or most of the talking at them as I got to sit in on one of them last season. Talk about some of the things that you wish drivers would do during the meetings. And let's let's talk about that one first because this is a multiple question here. So what talk what are some of the things you wish drivers would do during meetings? Ask their questions. Do ask, they seem ask their questions and don't be afraid. Is, you think they're too scared? They're nervous because of all the, the younger drivers? ones and the older ones are just they're all they know what's going on. Yeah, so they just they're there. Maybe so. maybe they think it's a dumb question, but you don't know unless you ask. That's that's, that's what right. I would say. You need to ask the question. But um, yeah, the drivers. I mean, we got to have them <clears throat> for anything coming out new, changes in rules, all that stuff. All right, I got more stuff here for you. Okay. <clears throat> So Justin Hawkins chiming in, he says, many times the lineups aren't posted in time for the Sixers and we're lining up on the ramp or the lineups aren't right and are changed. With so many Sixers, how can we improve this to make the show go more smoothly? Well, the lineups are usually done. You, you take a break for a minute. Then if put you on the phone. <laughs> Hang on, everybody. <laughs> the lineups are always ready, but it's also on your phone, too. And one of the reasons why the lineups change is because people come up and say they want to backstart after we've already done the lineup. And so when you do that, guess what? Sure. You got to redo the whole lineup. So there's your answer. If you want the lineup to be smooth... Don't ask for a back start. Go or ahead, ask for the back the start row. early. So so when would be the best time, if someone <laughs> wants to ask for a back start, when would be the best time for them to ask? <clears throat> Hang on, everybody. <laughs> I may have, maybe I have Jeff Watson step in. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. The earlier the better. The earlier the better. Okay. Um... Yeah, Mark Conning says he's an hour away to come look at that egg. Um, okay, Kyle Adams has a good question for you. Of all your years at the Rockford Speedway, what was the greatest – what is the – let me try this again because it, it went out on me. Of all your years at the Rockford Speedway, what was the – really? What was the greatest example of sportsmanship you've ever witnessed of all the years at the Speedway? <coughs> I'd have to think about that. 
So, Kyle, he's going to think about it, and we'll get back to it. Um, which racing division at the Speedway seems to have the most difficulty following directions? Wow. Uh, I'm going to say Sixers, but that's just my just me. Yeah, but the Sixers don't have uh, trans, um, race savers. Okay. For the most part, they listen well on the track, except during racing. Here's somebody. This might be a, a new up-and-comer here. I can probably answer this. You can get your voice here. Amber is asking, what is the app we are supposed to be looking at for the lineups? Now, the lineups are posted, I believe, in turn three under the pit tower on the board there. So, Amber, that's where you're supposed to go in in turn three. We don't, we don't use um, – some of the other apps that the racetracks use, I think the Dells use some kind of uh, an app. Use, um, Talk into that, though. Try to think of what it is first. So Steve, Steve, yeah, Steve says we do use one, but I know the lineups are posted in turn three right under the pit tower. That's the best place to go to get it at. I can't remember the name of it, but it's something racing. Yeah. It's race monitor. Yeah, or racing monitor, something like that. Renee uh, Wangro, Chris Wangro's wife, is saying the lineups for most of the divisions are usually posted last minute. They need to be posted sooner on both the board and online. That's something that I think if she should bring that up at a driver's meeting or have Chris. But that's something that I brought up. Okay. It's the lineups. If if you um, um, come up and say scoring.racing.com. Com, yeah. Okay, so there it is, everybody, to check the lineup, scoring.racing.com. So back to your point, Steve. It's the people that come up and give you backstarts. You should be telling us at the driver's meeting or tell an official sometimes they get on the radio, but until we get all the people there in there and we get the lineups done and we get ready to post it, then somebody comes up and says he wants a backstart and he happens to be second row inside. We have to change that entire thing to the back. And that's a lot of changing to do. Especially in the Sixers. And you got like 24 cars and the guy in the second row or first row. Yeah, you're. <laughs> so that, so they need to, they should, if, if you want to back start, bring it up at the driver's <coughs> meeting. You, you got to speak up. That's what you want to hear. You want input from these drivers at the driver's meeting. Don't be afraid. Um, Jeff thinks you need a cigarette. Jeff Tabor thinks you need a cigarette now, Steve. Uh, let's see. Yeah, everybody's saying scoring.racing. Okay, so we're caught up on the questions. And you get you caught up on your uh, your, your voice here. Um, Steve, do you think that maybe the younger people feel intimidated by the older drivers, the veterans being at the meeting, and that's another reason why they, they won't say anything at the meetings? That could be exactly it. But if you don't say something, we don't know them. Um, I got hang on. I got, I got one more, but then I got an Austin says, so Austin is complaining. Austin Hawkins, they're not even posted right away on scoring dot racing. It's always last minute and we have the tower yelling at us for the lineup. So once again, Austin, that is to do with these last second, these people says, Oh, I want to backstart. There's, there's a lot more to the story, Austin, that you probably don't know. And here again, we don't have the time. And some of it is ours. It's our fault, too. But um, for the most part, it's the bag starts. 
Um, yeah, DJ's concerned about you. Says, damn, Steve, what did you do? Swallow the $100 egg. <laughs> nope. How riding all day. <laughs> all right. Um, as race director, talk about some of the pet peeves that you have towards drivers, if any. <laughs> Here you are, race fans, the, the question of all. Not being in line when you should for qualifying. That's one of my big ones because it puts everything behind. We're trying to, we're on a schedule, so we got to try it. And that's my job is try to keep that schedule going. And when it doesn't, well, then I'm the one that gets in. Why did this take so long? Well, I got every reason. And if we don't get everybody in line to get out there, um, people not listening when they get one to go and they're dilly dallying around. Mm hmm. Um, coming to the greens, I hate it when these guys play with each other. Um, you know, you're coming to the green. Get ready to race. Race. Is it the trying to slow up in three? Slow to- up, speed up, yeah. You know, the inside guys try to make the other guy jump to start, and then they try to – I get it, it's racing, but the fans are there <laughs> to watch you guys come around, turn three and four side by side, and get to green and go. Not sit there and play with each other, you know. Yep. That's just the way it is. Um, there, there was a legend guy that did it to us when I raced legends there, and I, I'm not going to name names, <laughs> but I, I won't forget it. <laughs> yeah, there's people, I mean, but they do it in all the divisions and all over. It doesn't matter. Um, that's one of my main pet peeves, but also not having your transponder ready. Um, when it, I say it at every driver's meeting, you cannot enter the track without a transponder or your receiver. We, we, as a matter of fact, we had a problem at Bahama Brackets. The guy, you told him two or three times, and he did not have his transponder. I remember that, and here it held up the show. I, I, I remember that. Yeah, because we can't, if you don't have a transponder for qualifying, we can't qualify you. So you got to have a transponder. Um, that's why when you come on the track to practice, and they all get mad at me because I don't see your transponder on, we're not practicing. You get in the black flag, go back in. That's not my fault you don't got it on. Or you forgot to turn it on, or you forgot to get one. You know, we, we got to have those, and that's why I do it at practice. So when we go qualifying, everybody's working. Mm-hmm. Any other pet peeves? Uh, not really. Because I know, like, if you start to have trouble in the beginning of the night, that, I mean, it just gets Escalates worse and through worse. the rest of the night, yep. Yeah. All right. Um, one person's asking this. Is there a driver... That's raced at the speedway that you can't stand or dislike. Yeah, Dave Nolly. That's a good one. <laughs> okay. I haven't heard nothing good from him since I gave him a black flag two years ago. There you go. Um, another another comment. Mike. That was Reiner. during hot laps. Yeah. During hot laps, he got black. <laughs> How do you get black flag during hot laps? Ask David Nolly. Okay. There you go. Ask David Nolly. He'll He's got to be the one and only that's ever had that. All right. We'll leave it like that. Back to the show, because what time are we at right now? Hand me that phone here, would you, Jimmy? Yeah, so we've, we've still got a lot to cover here, and we got great prizes tonight. Uh, Mikey Briner saying, instead of cro- crisscrossing, just move everybody up. We do that in features. Y- yeah. Features only. Um Everything else is crisscross. Okay. So there's your answer to that, Mikey Briner. Um, 
Let's talk about the wave lap now. Right before the feature is going to start, there are times that the fans are all ready to wave at the drivers, but you may have to wait an extra lap or two before we can. And I know the fans don't know why. So we don't always get the wave lap. Let me. So we don't always get the wave lap off at the same time. Give us some examples of why the wave lap will get delayed. One of the worst examples is what we talked about starting in the back. Well, somebody in the front will decide during the coming down the track, let everybody out, I'll take the back start. We have to redo the lineup on the track. And, and that will cause... That causes it. And I'll get out of receivers, tell everybody, you guys, this is what you guys got to do. Switch, 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 and you'll see it happen. Um, a lot of times we're waiting on a car that didn't make it to the lineup, so we got to wait till that car gets out there. Um, that's basically most the two main ones that cause it. Or if we have computer glitches like you are, <laughs> yeah. But ours are a little more sophisticated. So, <laughs> and once once we get everything on the same page and everybody's there, well, then we'll go green. There's times where somebody will come on the track late, and you know they're coming out, and you're like, let's just wait. And so that's that's one of the reasons. That's some of the reasons why the wave lap is delayed. Everybody. Um. Steve, during practice or a race, there is a lot going on on the track, and multiple things can happen all at once. For example, we had a feature last year that there was a wreck in turns three and four that everyone turned their attention to, and then while it happened, there was a spin-out on the other side of the track in turns one and two with two cars. Because you are only one person, talk about the challenges when there are multiple things going on and... If you do miss something that happened on the track, what is the protocol or procedure to handle it? I know what you're talking about in that three and four because I was watching it. But out of the corner of my eye, I seen one and two. So I basically watched three and four first. I was watching three and four as well, so and I didn't I watched, even see one. Then I seen one and two, and then I got to rely on the officials watching the track. Those guys, they, they're my other eyes. And if somebody doesn't see it like one and two, we caught the very end of it. That wasn't the cause of the caution. Three and four was those guys would get their spots back because spinning to avoid. Okay. Mm -hmm. but I don't know what happened down there, so nobody's seen it. So I would have to give them their lap back or their spot back. But over on three and four, well, then it's part of the cause, whatever it is. Okay. I, I got a question I'm thinking of as you're talking about that. And I'm in a feature. What will, I'm trying to think some of the odd things that maybe people will want to argue or they don't understand what will get somebody sent to the back of the pack in a feature like like spinning to avoid a wreck i mean you know spinning to avoid if i see you spin if they're the wreck's already there and you're going you're gonna spin or you're on the brakes hard and everybody's passing you or somebody boots you from behind because they're not watching mm -hmm. i'll give you your spot back because you weren't the cause and you weren't part of it but if you were spinning to avoid i mean you'd have to be a couple cars back but if you're part of it and get into it well then you're part of it but if I notice, I mean, it's a it's a decision I got to make right there. Yep. Did he spin to avoid, or did, was he part of it? You know, he there was nothing he could do. And, and part it's of it. It's a split second decision, and that's where it can be tough sometimes. And that's where my job gets tough. And then you get people yelling at you, and well, I had nowhere to go. I know you had nowhere to go, but what am I supposed to do about it? I mean, you were yeah. part of the part of the cause of the caution. And for the most part, I will let anybody that's got um, your spin to avoid or everybody passes you. And that's what's great about transponders is 
we go revert back to the last lap, I know where everybody was at. Yep. And, I mean, what was it? <laughs> I raced before transponders and after. What was it like to try to handle this stuff without transponders? I wasn't up there then. <laughs> so you can't comment. But I still, But I still remember having, you know, was this, you know, we had good scoring. Terry's a great scorer. She hand scores well. Um, she's very good at that's, what she does. And that's Terry Gerke Terry you're talking Gerke, about. Yes. Yeah. She, she does it really good. Well. She's great at it, and very seldom has she ever been wrong, ever, when it comes to that. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I hear some fans and drivers talk about Slinger Speedway having some kind of replay system throughout the racetrack to help make a decision at times. What's something like that cost, and how new is that? At Slinger, it's very new. I, mean, I think it's. I think they're only going on their second year. What, I, I is, just seen it last year. Is it like some kind of um, instant replay? Is that what it is? They got four cameras, one in each corner. Okay. And they got a gentleman that sits and watches it, and if they got a whatever they decide, it's like NASCAR. Somebody goes back and looks at it in uh, slow motion. Who did what? And that's how you make the call. Cost? I cannot tell you. You know, you got TVs, you got recorders, you got. Four brand new cameras, you know. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what all the electronics will cost, but it's not cheap. Yeah. Um, with cost here, Mark Conning had a – it's kind of a comment and a question. Um, I don't know if you can answer it because it's not – you know, you didn't make the decision on it. But, like, why do the Sixers not have transponders? Um, he's just saying – We're, trying to, we're the, trying to keep it affordable. Yes. And a transponder – well – Now you got to buy them with the subscription. Let me get that back in there. The Sixers, there are so many. When we'll we have, have like 40-some-odd show up on a Saturday night. Right. And yep. the reasons we can do the Bahamas so good is because we borrow transponders. Mm-hmm. We can't do that every week when you got 40, 30 to 40 Sixers plus our regular ones. Yeah. I mean, that's just a lot of transponders. Sure. Um, sometime I'd like to see us get them to have receivers. That would help out. Yeah, they don't – they're not – they don't have to, but if they want to, they can. I know you the, can have a transfer. I mean, a receiver. I know, like um, when my son got his car, I we did get a receiver. Um, even though he um was a nervous wreck and he had to have somebody come down and tell him what he needed to do, <laughs> he still got it figured out. All right, here's here's kind of an interesting question here. Kind of uh, kind of goes in with the one I asked you a little bit ago. But some drivers have told me that they think you don't like them and favor other drivers over them. Steve, will you please set the record straight? God, do I really got to say who I like? I'm kidding. <laughs> right. Oh, I'm waiting for the comments now. <laughs> with me, with me, I'm sorry. You can think what you want. I have no favorite. I I will treat everybody the same. I will go down and talk to you after the races. <clears throat> All of it. Um, but I have no favorite because I couldn't do that because that would be hard. But I'm not afraid to go down, talk afterwards to any driver. Yeah. Maybe have a cocktail after we're all done, Tekken's done. I got no problem with that. But as far as a favorite driver, no, I don't. You might think that, but I don't. I have none. Um, Julie asked a question. Nope. Julie asked a question, Julie Henricks. Um, she's asking, and I this you can you can relate this. She's asking why Sixers don't have spotters. That's how many other divisions don't have spotters? There's more the than only just spotters the spotters allowed are for uh, late models. Sportsmen don't have spotters. All all they have is uh, race savers. Mm-hmm. 
Every division has receivers. That's it. They cannot have spotters. And and a lot of that is that to do with NASCAR themselves for that rules, or is that on the track's discretion as to who will have? Well, spotters it's also or getting not. to a cost again. Now okay. you got to pay for headsets, and that's expensive. Now you got to pay for an expensive helmet for that driver to wear because they got to be able to hear. Uh, they'll never be spotters and sixers. Sure. Um, and the other ones, it, you got to know where your cars are at. This is a learning curve for you. You need to look over your shoulder every now and then. Use your rearview mirror. You just, oh, wait, no more rearview mirrors. <laughs> yeah, they um. But it's a good way gonna, to learn. That's going to be interesting this year for the Sixers for the ones who relied on those rearview mirrors. See, that's one thing about a mirror. You don't want a mirror drive. You need to see where you're going, not where you've been. That's a good experience for the Sixers to learn. Um, we just got a few more questions, and then we're going to have the prize question of the show, and I've got some great prizes today as we're going to get close to wrapping things up. One thing that will always bug me during a race, and I, and I said this when I had Michael Builder back on as well, um, is when I see two cars racing side by side, and this usually happens in the turns, that the car, is on, the car on the inside will not hold his or her line and drive up into the car on the outside, usually causing them to lose control and possibly wreck out. Is there some kind of disciplinary system to deal with those drivers who do this? Uh, yes, there is, and I don't like that kind of driving either because we don't have a diamond track. It is oval. I have seen many, many, many races there side by side, without anybody hitting their each other going in a corner. I am not a fan of left rearing, and I will try to put a stop to it this year, and I will tell every driver in the driver's meeting what's going to happen. It's Good. just going to happen because you don't need to left rear at that track. If you are pushing up in the, and you're on the bottom side, one, you're either going too fast, one, in too hot. Two, you're not doing your homework and your car's not set right. And three, that's not a way to win a race. And every guest I've ever had... I've asked this question. Um, even when I was in the Miller Lake Pavilion doing the interviews, I asked everybody, is Rockford Speedway a one- or two-groove track? Everybody. It is a two-groove track and always will be. Right. And, and if you get the smaller cars, it's a three-groove track. <laughs> yeah, like Legends. <laughs> yeah. Legends, um, uh, even short trackers, I've seen them go three wide. Yeah. I've seen three wide and late models, too, but that's not a wise choice. So here's Justin Hawkins chiming in here. This is actually good when he says, can you start talking more to the Sixers on the receiver? I know you do sometimes, but it would be nice to hear you more for Rex and stuff. But is it is there other people that talk on the receiver during the race? I am the only one that ever talks on the receiver at all. Okay, But you're trying to watch what's going on, too, on that. But he's talking about with Rex and lineups. And, yes, that's why I said we don't require them. But Sixers, if you're listening, you can have them. And it would help out tremendously with lineups if you were to purchase one. So maybe at the drivers' meetings or if Sixer drivers, if you're listening, you would. It's highly encouraged. And it's, you don't even need to transponder. I mean, uh, the race here, you just need a um, scanner. But they're like they're like what a hundred dollars, I think, is what they cost, and you get a Something like that, basic yeah. pair of headphones with them too, yep. and you can buy custom headphones as well, which are really nice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's but we don't we don't, every other division. They're required. Remember that every other division has to use them. Here, here's a comment from Mark Mark Conning. He says, Steve, Sixers start racing. You have people jump the start, and you warn them in the meeting, but it happens every race. I mean, what else can you do? You, you warn well, them, and you warn them. The one thing on the Sixers there again, how long do you want to watch them? 
Um, who's starting up front? That's never started a race before. I mean, oh. a lot of times they'll go into three and four and get off the gas instead of hit it, and everybody passes them. I can't go back on that because that person just didn't give it the gas. I want to tell you my favorite starter of all time. Do you remember when Julie Hendricks was on the inside row one and she was going like really slow coming around? And I, I'm, I mean that Steve, I love, that was my, probably my favorite race because I mean, it was just so great. And then, and then she messed up and then she did it again. She had to go do it again. And she did that exact same thing. And you're like, I don't know what else I can do. Right. <laughs> and to me, it's like, I, I really don't know what I can do, but that's the type of person right there where you need to tell us if you're afraid and you're on the front row, don't be afraid. Come tell us. You know, you want to backstart. It's nothing to be um, nervous about or anything. It's nothing bad to you. Just that way we might have a better start. Mark Conning's asking if there a way you can punish them. Is there a, like a warning system? Maybe you warn them once and that they, you know, if they do it a second time, you maybe penalize them and throw them in the back or. Well, if I, I could do that and just give them a the black flag and let them go into the pits and they can come out the back of the, the tail of the. The tail of uh, the race. That's that would be something that you guys would decide. Um, but that's race, but now there again, they don't have race receivers, so a lot of times when those guys come around for a black flag, they don't know who's getting the black flag. <laughs> and like, yeah, I don't know, I don't know, because they don't have the race receiver. Right. Good so point. That's another reason. That's to another have... thing, you know, because there's been times well, I black flagged some Sixers, mm-hmm. but the wrong person always left the track, and then they yelled at me because they thought it was me and it wasn't, and I'm like, well. I'm sorry. I watched him literally point at the car in front of you, but you left. Yep. But, um, yeah. This is kind of interesting. Um, Jeff Savage asking, <laughs> how many drivers or crew has anybody ever tried to take a swing at you after the races? Please say no, they haven't. <laughs> Can't think of one. None That's of them. That's good. Very good. I'm not saying some of them didn't want to, <laughs> I was say. but nobody has ever tried to swing at me. Um. It's not the way I roll. I mean, even the entire room. It's I, a racetrack, not a boxing ring. Um, I used to make, make people pretty mad in the tire room, too, you know, when I would be mounting tires and doing everything and didn't do a goal their way or something didn't happen, you know. Yeah. No, nah, it's never happened. I don't think it ever will. Um, my next question was on transponders, but I'm pretty sure we covered transponders in depth. Um, the biggest thing you would recommend is it's a good idea to get one as you just heard him say you would know what's going on if there's a wreck ahead it it's well worth That's the investment receiver, not transponder i'm sorry oh i have a transponder question but i think we basically but that would that be too. receiver not transponder yeah yeah i'm sorry receiver is what i'm talking about not transponder my mistake everybody thank you steve you got me i, I was trying to figure out how that's going to help <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so receivers if you're a sixer driver it's a great investment not a transponder but definitely check out receivers left-hander chassis sells them um you can get them online too i think you can get them at any radio store yeah um steve what's your personal favorite event to watch well, there's always a good trailer race. <laughs> Can't go wrong with them. I like your comments on them. Oh, my God, did you see that? Oh, my God. Okay, what about flag? What's your favorite event to flag? Uh, not what flag is your favorite. What, flag do you what event does he like to be a flag man for? Um, I like to do a lot of the big races, the longer races, features, you know, 100 lappers, 200 yeah. lappers. I love those. Um, I like enduros as long as it's not wet. Yeah. <laughs> You, that's you, really you guys do you race in the rain on those, don't you? Oh, yes. Yeah, Enduros are rain or shine. Oh, very nice. Snow or not. 
Okay. I didn't know that. <laughs> um, what's your least favorite event to watch? Mm. NASCAR? No. <laughs> Just kidding. My least event to watch, the race. I don't really got a least. Okay. Know, because I really like them all. They're all fun racing, but. All right, what about flag? What's your least favorite event to flag? Mm, oh, the oh, that ride is always good. Really? Oh, yeah. Because yeah, you got the light right on you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. Um, I don't really have a least favorite. I just like, I liked flagging. I never really had any bad experiences, no. I mean, the, the least would be like a race watching four cars do a 25-lap feature. That's. Yeah, yeah it's that, boring. I guess that would be my least favorite, something like that. That's when you guys are like, shorten the laps. Yes. <laughs> we do not do that. I got two more questions for you. Um, as the announcer, I get to listen in on the radio during the night's events, and I have learned so much by being able to do this. Last season, especially, as I was getting more comfortable in announcing, I really noticed that there were many times that you've had to tell spotters or drivers that they're being challenged to hold their line. I remember specifically one night, and I'm not going to name the driver, but that he or she was consistently chop-blocking and continued to do it even after you had warned them at least three times. What else can you do to get a point to get your point across to the driver? And that's what I was talking about earlier. Um, this year, black flags will be coming out. That's the only way to do it. I mean, if I give, especially on a transfer, on a receiver to a lay model, the driver doesn't have it. One of his crew guys does. It's up to him to relay, relay it. Maybe he's not relaying it. I don't know because I don't talk to him. I can't tell you. So if he doesn't relay it, the driver's going to keep doing it. Well, the driver's not going to miss the black flag. And that's what I want to push for this year. Good. Okay. Um, this is an interesting one, Steve. Um, how about we run all the Sixers for the feature at the end of the night? Mark Conning says, yeah, 50 cars on the track at the same time. Um, I don't that, think the scorer would have a great time with that. I know that. I think the other word for that is an enduro. <laughs> yeah, that, that's right. Exactly. I know. Uh, we could never do that. Scoring would be a mess. Um, it would just be a total mess. If you think trying to start 24 cars is bad or 30 cars, could you so, imagine trying to start 50? So, Mark, and and let me find out who asked, who asked that question. Um, Jay Kincaid asked that. Jay, come on out to the six-cylinder Enduro. Check that out and see what you think. Four see what you think about that. They have a, the six-cylinder one, too, they do. Oh. Yeah. But, yeah, that would be, the, that would be a good yeah, one because six he's running coming, sixers. Yeah, sixers coming out. Six-cylinders coming out. But that's what it would be is an enduro. 50 cars? I mean, you can't even start 50 cars in uh, late models, something like that. That's and just that's, too many cars. And that's because of NASCAR rules, correct? Um, because the track sanctioned by NASCAR. I know when my father would tell me they used to have like, you know, 30, 40 cars show up for a figure eight and that many cars. But back then you only had two divisions. You had late models and roadrunners. And then, you know, the roadrunners ran the figure eight. So you had more cars and a lot less rules. Well, there um, again, if you got 30 roadrunners doing a figure eight, by the time you get start, all them 30 cars are still going through the X before the, you know, number one's sitting there trying to go through, and he can't. So, so, so Mark now says, I don't want 50. I'm good with what we have. <laughs> so, so am I. All right. <laughs> um, Steve, before I get to the prize question of the show, 
you've been a great guest today. I think I think we covered a lot of great stuff today, and maybe things that people have have wanted to know, you know, and just were afraid to ask or didn't. I'm hoping that I, I got those questions out for us. Um, anything else you'd like to add or talk about, Steve? Uh, not a lot. I would just like to say that you know everybody tells me we need to be the same way. We need to um, stay consistent and use the black flag. And all that, all I'm saying is when you get the black flag thrown on you, remember, you're one of the ones that said you wanted it to be used. So it's going to be used for the one reason, and that's the rule you guys all know, or whatever which one it is. And I just mm-hmm. want to see some nice side-by-side racing, which I know this place can do, and you drivers are professionals, you know how to do it. I've seen years of side-by-side racing. We need to get back into that. We've seen it in every single Division. Every division. Yes. Side by side. I mean, even Roadrunners and theirs would be three wide and still going around that track. I, I remember when the Roadrunners would le- would wreck less than the late models would. Yep. And there'd be more Roadrunners than late models. It's, it was pretty impressive. It's <laughs> A lot of it's called respect for the other driver and the other, yeah. you know, anybody. It's just respect. Sometimes you got to have that respect. You give and take. I know a lot of people don't like it, but it's a give and take situation. Sure. It's not your day to win. It's not your day to win. They didn't do their homework. They didn't right. practice in the car. They didn't. I know some can't afford it. Some they got the time, but I get it. It's a hobby. But if you want to get out there, you got to do some extra things. If you want to win, it takes a lot. I mean, the the amount of hours these guys put in the garage. I mean, it's but, it's really you know, something. Don't hit somebody to win. Race them to win. Yep. And I know we can all agree on that that statement right there, Steve. In closing, any anyone you want to thank or say hi to. Uh, thank Windsor Pizza for having us here. Um, all the people on your shirt. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all your sponsors. No, no, no this is Rhett Barco's uh, shirt. I I try to wear a different one of the racing shirts that I get because I, I cheer for everybody. And I can't wear it to the racetrack because I would look like I favoritism somebody. You know, I yeah. have favoritism, so I can't do that. So Now you know why I don't wear them. <laughs> Right. So I tried it with the hat, and they said no either. All right. So now for the prize question of the show, I'm going to turn towards you guys in the camera here. I let Steve pick out the question. Today you will be winning a size 2X Windsor Pizza Parlor T-shirt, a Racing at Rockford decal, a K&N filter decal, and this is a very special one to me, a very big for your race car in memory of Jimmy A., decal it's in white and red compliments of fresh signs so you will win all of that if you can answer the question correctly and the question is it's the first person to comment you have to comment first to get this the question is who drove late model number 105.9 in 1997 who drove late model 105.9 in 1997? You guys got to go digging for this one. The answer lies in a 1997 Rockford Speedway souvenir yearbook. Or program, I should say, not yearbook. Yearbook. <laughs> now we're doing yearbooks, not what them to programs. So... Okay, so David Lignell comes up with April Reimer. No, that is not the answer, but a good one. So once again, 
Okay, David Nally says Richard Bowers. No, that is not correct either. We'll give him a... Okay, Justin Tyler says Al Papini. No, he used to drive a 97 car, if I remember. Jeff Watts and David Pausch Jr. says... And um, I'm going to say that that is correct. So the answer, yeah, somebody said with Jerry Guiley, Kerry Lawless. No, the answer is in. The answer is, he's actually sitting here with us on the show tonight. In 1997, you will find him in the program. The driver of the 105.9 late model was Jeff Watson. So Leonard Reimer, I think he drove a 105.9. April, right? Nine. Did. Yeah, they, April they did. did, but not in 1997. It was Jeff Watson. So David Pausch Jr., the one who had the answer correct, he will receive a size 2X Windsor Pizza Parlor t-shirt, a racing at Rockford decal, and a in memory of Jimmy A. decal. No, Justin Tyler, it's not John Magnuson Jr., but thank you anyway. I would like to say nice to see you, Jeff Watson. I haven't seen you in a while, and it's really nice to see you. We're gonna we're gonna have Jeff Watson on, and I think Jeremy and Jeff Jr. on the show once, just to really take you down memory lane at some time. That's gonna be during the off season next year, because. But right now, I want to tell you who our guests will be next week. Next week, we are here at Windsor Pizza Parlor again, and I call this one the beer drinking special show, as our guests will be the beer man, Sean Warman. Austin Fowler, and the 2020 Roadrunner track champion, Justin Wagner. Do you plan on having a half barrel sitting right here? What's that? Do you plan on having a half barrel sitting right here? Um, we, we may have to work with Steve Blake, <laughs> the owner of Windsor Pizza on Gat. Um, Chris Rombo says, I want a racing at Rockford sticker. Chris, you need to message me when you are on your way out from New York and you come out to race. That's the guy. He comes all the way from spectacular, all the way from New York. He's going to be here for the two day show. He said July 3rd and 4th, Chris, come see me. I will give you a racing at Rockford sticker when I see you for coming all the way from the state of New York. Um, everybody else, uh, Justin Tyler saying, wishing you both a successful 2021 season of work. Steve, that's all I have. Man, I really, really appreciate your time. Appreciate you having this, me on. This meant a lot to have you on the show. Um, I, I, you know, to get to know you, it, it's just fun because we have a piece of glass that, that separates us when we're in the different Well, booths we didn't use to till the last couple of years. I'm, I'm kind of loud, aren't I? <laughs> no, not at all. No, not at all. <laughs> Whatever. All right, everybody. From from Windsor Pizza Parlor, thank you all for tuning in. I hope you all have a great Easter. We have beautiful weather, and we will see you next week as we are getting near the countdown. Bye-bye. And the word from the pits is...